As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Cincinnati is radio for the LGBTQ community here in Cincinnati on WVXU HD2. It's Radio Artifact. I'm Chris, and that's Melissa. Hey. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Are you ready for the uh, for the big uh, walk this weekend? Are you doing the AIDS walk? Uh, I'm going to do some kind of walk. <laughs> oh, man. Well, oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm ready for the weekend. Uh, this Saturday is the Caracol AIDS Walk and Run. Don't forget, you can walk and run caracol.org slash um, AIDS walk. If you're interested in more information there, uh, always a cool turnout. I think they do it like in Spring Grove Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's a right. beautiful spot. Oh my gosh. And uh, in addition, I'm just getting into events because I'm excited. Like stuff's happening. It's almost June. And uh, also, yeah, Friday night at Tilly's, there is the RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars season seven premiere nice i'm excited that's my friday night uh by the way over at tilly's in Northside. if you do not know tilly's is a great place owned by nigel and uh, nigel's great people and uh, tilly's is a great bar uh what is on today's show uh now that i've spilled what i'm doing this weekend (laughs) (laughs) now that we know your schedule drinking drinking and walking (laughs) it's a country song Uh, today I am speaking with, uh, the folks from the Over the Rhine International Film Festival. They're going to tell me all about this year's films, which they just announced earlier this week. So pretty excited. Uh, there's some pretty cool, very, um, intersectional films, uh, and, uh, just, you know, I'll leave it for the interview, but, uh, exciting stuff and that will be happening july 7th through the 10th and uh that that july 7th stuff you might think that's forever from now but um i thought this week was forever from now a couple months ago so like that always happens so get on it (laughs) oh my gosh ot uh otr film fest and i cannot wait to hear this interview i love film festivals you can get tickets at otrfilmfest.org or find out all the information and all of the films that'll be playing Nice. That's up next on Out Cincinnati.
goal is the Greater Cincinnati Tri-State Region's nonprofit aid service organization devoted to positively changing lives in the fight against HIV-AIDS through prevention, housing, and care. Confidential services are now available. You can call 513-761-1480 or find out more at caracal.org. You're listening to Out Cincinnati Radio for the LGBTQ plus community and beyond. I'm Melissa. And on today's episode, our guests are from the upcoming Over the Rhine Film Festival. Welcome to Out Cincinnati, Artistic Director T.T. Stern Enzi and Jason Harris from LAD. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. Yeah, same. Thank you for having us. So let's start with Jason from LAD. LAD runs the festival. So tell me about just generally how you started off organizing for this year and what's your involvement with it, Jason? Um, so uh, usually, so I, I just gotten involved because I've been doing the LEN program at the Drew Cincinnati Children's and uh, Univers and uh, University of Cincinnati. So that's leadership and education and neurodevelopmental disability. So as a disability advocate, uh, autistic person. Uh, I sometimes bring in some of that disability perspective and because with, as well as being a person with disability or disabled person, I uh, that's where uh, my master's degree is also around. So um, unfortunately, I didn't get to do as much uh, to some of the stuff that's going on now, but everybody does such an amazing job. I'm just usually uh, coming, being supportive in any way I can. So let's turn to T.T. Stern-Enzi, who's the artistic director. Uh, Tell me, what is the focus of this year's festival and what can everyone expect generally from what's going to be happening? We have a a couple of different taglines this year, but again, the the overall idea, you'll get the sense is you'll you'll understand it completely. Uh, Overall, our tagline is everybody has a story. And the actual focus for this year is see the story, be the story. So as you can tell, our focus is really on the narratives that are out there that we are trying to make sure that we expose audiences to and that we start conversations around. So that narrative, again, it's it's wrapped up in the idea of making sure that everyone is represented. So our films and the focus that, you know, I used to guide the programming team as we were watching submissions that came in, and even as we were scouting and curating titles from other film festivals, it was really about finding those films that were going to offer authentic, unique, and different perspectives than than we normally see in the films that say, for instance, that people will go to see, you know, on a Friday night, um, either in their art houses or at the multiplexes in their communities. We wanted to find those different stories, and also those stories that were kind of spotlight the idea of the intersectionality that we all have as we are dealing with, you know, our own identities and abilities as we walk through the world. So that's really the, that's, again, kind of the guiding principle uh, that I used for working with the programmers this year. Wonderful. And so tell me a little bit more about, you know, when you're thinking about uh, organizing a festival, um, are you thinking about types of films you want to 
include like feature films versus short films. Uh, in this film festival, what is the variety of types of films that you have? Right. Well, we we will have about 50 films that will that will play in this year's festival, and the mix is pretty pretty evenly split. We have um, a number of obviously short films that are packaged together. It's easier to get the shorts because you can, again, find ways to take stories that have either similar kinds of themes or that, again, that spotlight that, again, that idea of intersectionality that you can group together and people can kind of go on almost separate, smaller journeys like chapters in a book, if you will. But we also have a number of really interesting uh, feature-length films as well, and those feature-length films are probably pretty evenly split between documentaries and narrative features. So as a programmer, and again, I I come at this because I've been a film critic now for 20 plus years and have gone to festivals all over the world. And my, my aim is, again, especially with the narrative features, that's where you really find the representation and the diversity because to be able to get to the stage where we are able to see films, for instance, like our closing night film last year, Coda, was a film about the deaf community. And to see that film, a lot of people didn't know or recognize the idea, but that film was actually a remake of a French film from 2014. And in the original version of the film, there are no deaf actors in that film. And it is a story about, uh, again, a family with three members who happen to be deaf and one of them, the the protagonist of the story, if you will, it is about their experience being the child of deaf adults. So we've gone from, again, that film being made in 2014 with no deaf actors at all to having a film that came out last year, which just won an Academy Award for Best Picture um, and and a few others along the way. But that film speaks to and and address that issue of representation. And we need to make sure that the industry is pushing to make sure that there are going to be more stories like this that are told and that will authentically embrace those ideas of representation. So we want to see, you know, those stories that are going, that are out there. And again, if they're not out there, then as a festival, I feel like we have the responsibility to be able to go to studios and streamers and say, hey, wait a minute. Why aren't we seeing these stories? What can you do about that? Where can you find ways to invest in talent behind the camera to make sure that the stories are told and then find the performers who can step into those roles and give us those authentic performances? It sounds like really coming from the film festival arena, that's the place where the film industry, where the trendsetters are. So it sounds like you know, you, you're bringing up new, uh, up and coming directors and actors, uh, and, and just expanding like what the film industry offers uh, to its audiences, which is amazing and, and very interesting. So I want to dig a little deeper on that. Uh, if we're talking about this year's film festival, who do you have any up and coming directors, actors, or like film styles that are changing, uh, especially with the theme of this year's film festival? We do. And it's interesting that you asked this question. There's a a film in particular that um, the programmers and I, I I know I saw this, I believe at Sundance this year, either Sundance or South by Southwest. 
called Framing Agnes. And it looks at, it's a documentary that looks at, again, sort of the, the idea of transitioning and how it was studied and, and, and identity and how it was being studied in the 50s and 60s. And there was a study, I believe, that was in, in California at a university, and they had tons of archival evidence of the study and the reports and the interviews, but they didn't actually have any footage of it. So the filmmaker, who happens to be a trans filmmaker, said, okay, wait a minute, I found out about this study. Let me see if there's a way to tell this story as a documentary, but tell it in a different way. So what the filmmaker was able to do was to say, let's take these studies and we'll reenact the interviews with actual trans performers who will be playing the role of the people that are being interviewed in the interview in the in the interviewer. But as part of telling the story, it gave voice to the interview itself, but then had the opportunity to kind of break away and have the actual performers talk about their own experiences as well. So when I saw this as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was immediately captivated by it because, again, it was one of those cases where since there was no archival footage, motion picture footage of it, that was a really unique way of kind of going back in cracking the story open you know you're telling it as it is sort of it's the, the straight story if you will through the interviews but then to be able to open it up and expose some of the other dynamics behind it by having these performers talk about their own experiences as well you don't see documentaries that are that are you know conceived in that way and again that was one of the things that was really exciting about finding that film because it was like okay yeah this is a different way to tell the story and you're right as a festival it is sort of our responsibility to be able to go out and scout and find those stories either like we did with this one through curation or we get a number of our films this year we had over 100 films that were submitted to us through a platform called film freeway and we watched all of these film freeway films as well and we're getting films from filmmakers all over the globe 
that's the again another great opportunity for us to find a story in a different community somewhere else in the world to share this you know to be able to shine a spotlight and sort of let people know that the issues that we're dealing with here in the u.s are issues that people are dealing with all over the world and their communities may have different reactions and responses to it so we need to be able to understand how other parts of the world and other communities are dealing with this so that we can kind of understand for ourselves and help us to get a different reflection on how we're we're addressing these issues here. And if we do that and we do it well, we may also be able to shine a spotlight on a really great filmmaker and storyteller who's up and coming and who's looking for an opportunity for, you know, a breakout. And if that breakout comes on the festival side and it comes from the opportunity of them being able to come to have their film shown in Cincinnati and maybe they get to address an audience here, then that's a, that's a great honor that we have as a, as a festival to be able to do that. And I'm always excited when we, when we're able to kind of bring all of that together. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I was just thinking it was just a few years ago that at least the mainstream film industry was being criticized for the Oscars so white and um, there's been a lot of focus on trying to increase the diversity in the film industry and and especially getting wide release uh, and my opinion is I think the um, the film festivals feed into you know helping to change that right um, so yeah. You know, when you're looking at, um, you know, submissions for your film festival and your vision for the film festival, how does that tie in and how you want to affect the overall industry? Well, we have five pillars or themes that we kind of use as, as a guide for us, and that, that's disability, diversity, freedom, faith, and identity. And in a lot of cases, what's happening now, and again, this will be our fourth edition of the OTR International Film Festival, and what we've come to appreciate is if you think of those five pillars, in a lot of cases, there are these really great opportunities to find a film that will touch on several of those ideas at once. So in a way, that means that 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 film then has the opportunity to bring in different audiences that may not have necessarily seen themselves as being completely unified, but they are in that story. And then all of a sudden that starts a conversation and it opens things up. And again, I, as that's happening, I think the other really important part of what you said that a festival can do is we're starting those conversations, but, you know, you mentioned Oscar So White, and we've had issues with festivals in the last few years. You know, back in 2020, the push was to make sure that you had more female directors and female writers who were whose stories were getting out there and playing at festivals. So we all kind of signed up for the idea of making sure that our festivals were going to be have a 50-50 split by 2020 and, and beyond. Um, so we're working to kind of bridge this gap in a lot of ways. And our festival in particular is looking at all of those issues, but also saying, well, wait a minute, when you're looking at how the industry addresses diversity and inclusion, they are usually talking about race and identity, um, sometimes religion, 
but we aren't necessarily seeing disability as part of that. So, you know, again, for us as a festival and because of, you know, the connection with having LAD as our, our organizing sponsor for the, for the festival, that's an opportunity for us to be able to say, well, wait a minute, if the industry is having these conversations and, and disability is not included, what can we do to make sure that disability becomes a part of that conversation, it becomes a part of the studies that are taking place. We make sure that we are finding not just the talent and the stories themselves, but we're trying to connect with those audiences. And we're also trying to make sure that they're going to be performers and critics from that community as well, who will be able to come to festivals and see these films and talk about them and talk about them critically. You need you need that representation across that entire spectrum. I feel like that's, you know, that's a, again a place where we we can serve a really unique and hopefully impactful role as part of this whole ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, I know that even within the Oscars to white, that sort of put us off a movement of disabled people saying that the Oscars are not accessible or that it's not including people with disabilities, and that includes other festivals as well. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's been more film festivals around people with disabilities or disabled people, and, re, and OTR's original um, sort of thing is real ability started as that, but in the spirit of true inclusion and stuff and intersectionality, I think being able to move the festival to have it be about people with disabilities, but also intersecting identities, especially because disability tends to be focused on white, straight uh, males, but there's a lot of people who are LGBTIA in the disability community and black or brown and from all over the world and, and other things. Being able to diversify the festival and sort of have this intersectionality is really important to making disability part of the identity conversation rather than this sort of separate bucket, which it usually is in and thought of as more of a medical thing or just something overcome, which then comes into the similar stare, the same storylines going over and over again. And I'm speaking with artistic director T.T. Stern-Enzi and Jason Harris from LAD. They are part of the upcoming Over the Rhine Film Festival. Uh, Jason, let me touch a minute on your role with LAD. Can you tell us a little bit about LAD and uh, what you do with that organization and what the organization is all about? Starting with, what does LAD stand for? Um, so LAD... Um, well, it stands for Living Arrangement for the Developmentally Disabled, even though I think they're doing what some other organizations have done in different movements, which is just use the acronym, and now it sort of stands for just LAD, like uh, the ARC has done that, um, uh, other places. It was started in um, the 70s around D and some of the deinstitutionalization as a way for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities to be able to live more in the community and still has that around housing and there's uh, other programs and it's a lot about community integration and LAD has put in a big thing into that it's not just about the services that people are getting but also the perceptions around people and that it's about being part of the community and representing different what the community itself looks like so with that sort of a bigger mission uh 
and includes people's day-to-day life, but also sort of the cultural impact. Uh, the film festival is something that's big within that. And then my role does a lot around that because uh, I'm not necessarily an expert in service provision. Uh, my, ba- my master's is in cultural foundation of education and disability studies, which means that like I look at the culture around people with disabilities, what societal perceptions, what sort of what sort of perceptions that we have, what do we think about his ability or inability and sort of the intersectionality of how that goes with every movement. So then I do a lot of advocacy and outreach and sort of talking about these things from a sort of macro perspective uh, because of my background. So so I sort of come into these things because my because of the cultural implications. And so one interesting thing that uh, I often think of is accessibility. And Mm -hmm. how do you make something like a film festival accessible for viewers to come and see? And how have you made accommodations uh, for in, in your in this film festival? Yeah, I think there's a lot of I mean, and accessibility means a lot of different things to a lot of different people for people with disabilities and for people without disabilities, because there's always some types of uh, everybody needs some sort of accessibility. I mean, you can see that it's just having seats to be in and some sort of accessibility feature because not everybody wants to stand for the whole movie. So, I mean, you don't have to provide chairs, but people tend to prefer to have chairs. So it can be a lot of different things. I mean, that's a more common, so we don't think of it as accessibility. But, you know, making sure that there's physical accessibility, obviously, with ramps and making sure that there's accessible restrooms and stuff. There's sensory sort of things that you can do, making sure that, you know, you have a sort of honed in captions or something that is important, sign language interpretation. Um, you know, we have it to where for people who are blind and visually impaired image description, but that can also be used for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, especially if there's stuff on the screen and, and they're not in the reading comprehension is as much. Sometimes that can read it out. So, I mean, accessibility is a very dynamic thing. There isn't one size fits all, but there's ways to sort of think about it in a universal design perspective that can also be helpful for people. I mean, even having warnings on stuff that would people know this might be serious content or this could be triggering in some ways is something that can be helpful so you know it's definitely something to where there's some good guidelines on how to do things and then it's also seeing the environment you're at and being able to think about that in dynamic ways in a way that uh i believe uh too, we sort of think about it, uh, Mia Mingus brings up the idea of access intimacy, where you make an environment where people feel welcomed based on knowing them. And it's harder when you don't exactly know people, but being able to think through those sort of things and see what people are telling you and being able to adapt is important. And so, TT, uh, how do you feel about or, or how is the uh, OTR Film Festival being an accessible place for people who are coming? Well, I feel like Jason touched on a lot of the efforts that we put into this. I mean, we make sure, for instance, that every film that we play during the festival has captions. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, we do provide sign language interpretation. We have audio description for films as, necess- as necessary. And if, if people request that, we, we have that available as well. You know, I can go back literally from back in 2018 when we first started the festival and it was all in person. Just the idea of going to venues throughout OTR and recognizing how inaccessible a lot of our venues were. We don't have traditional movie theaters down in that area, but we had places that could, where you could set up a screen and project a film. But we wanted to make sure that, for instance, in those spaces that we were going to make, you know, guarantee that everyone would be able to enter and exit from the same, you know, the same entrance and exit. So that everyone could do do it the same way versus having a separate entrance. So those were the kinds of things and having making sure that we had ramps that were that would make sure that if there was a, a step that some that someone needed to be able to get into a space, we were we were going to handle that as well. But then what has happened in the last couple of years, obviously, with COVID, uh, and not just our festival, but I feel like festivals around the country, we all had to pivot during COVID. So we started virtual festivals and virtual screenings, and we've, we've come to recognize that, you know, the virtual component is also something that we can use to, to address accessibility as well, because there are opportunities now for people who may not have been able to get into spaces or may not in at the stage that we're at now may not feel comfortable still going into spaces but they have the opportunity to be able to engage with the films we make sure that we can if we can if there's going to be a panel and a discussion after a film then those panels are going to be available to audiences as well so people will not necessarily always have to be in our hopefully accessible space, but they can be in their own spaces to have the opportunity to engage as well. And I believe that from an overall industry perspective, if you will, looking at film festivals, we all kind of learn from that. And that's one of the really exciting things that we have, we figured out during the pivot and we're all kind of looking at this and we're basically all kind of saying now we've made this change and we've embraced this. 
and there's no reason to to give it up. We need to go ahead and continue with this, and maybe as we continue with it, we find ways to improve it to make it even more engaging and more accessible for audiences. So I'm really excited in that respect and looking at how, again, taking you know sort of a real a real situation and, and what we've learned from it and how we've been able to evolve. Who knows what the next evolution of all this is going to be? But it's it's exciting, and I and I love being part of an industry that has really embraced that wholeheartedly. Equality Ohio's Legal Clinic. You can find out more about our legal clinic and the services we provide and submit an intake form at equalityohio.org. Hi, I'm Nadia Ibrahim Taney, the founder and principal career coach of Beyond Discovery Coaching. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please email me at nadia at beyonddiscoverycoaching.com or check me out on Instagram at beyonddiscoverycoaching. I'm T.T. Sternenzi, Artistic Director of the Over the Rhine International Film Festival, and you're listening to Out Cincinnati. You're listening to Out Cincinnati Radio for the LGBTQ plus community and beyond. I'm Melissa, today's guest. From the Over the Rhine Film Festival, artistic director T.T. Stern-Enzi and Jason Harris from LAD, who runs the festival. So glad to have both of you on. And let me continue uh, with talking about just maybe what you see for the future. What do you see for the future for the Over the Rhine Film Festival? What do you see? Do you see it being, you know, maybe having interesting spaces for viewings or how would you like to expand it creatively? Well, I feel like we, we have come a long way. And again, we found a couple of venues that we have been working with over the last few years. We've got solid relationships with. They are spaces that people are either comfortable with going to, or they're going to be even more excited going into these newer spaces as we've kind of modified them and, and, really set them up to to create a really fun kind of dynamic experience that's more than just coming in and watching a film. We want to make sure that people feel that there's an opportunity, like I said, to engage with filmmakers, to engage with each other and have conversations about the stories that are are part of the festival. So we're doing those kinds of things and, and we're going to get better and better at that. I'm, I'm also really excited. I mentioned earlier that we, you know, we brought in Coda last year, which was from, from Apple. I think a lot of festivals, and we are, again, part of this group, we are starting to embrace the streamers as sort of, you know, an offshoot of the studios in a lot of ways. They're telling really dynamic stories. They're finding ways to, again, tell those stories a little more authentically than we've seen. And it's, it's a great opportunity to connect with them to make sure that we, we include them in our community. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the idea, like I said, we had Apple give us a film last year. I want them to feel comfortable not just with giving us films, but I want them to feel that they have the opportunity to come and to meet and engage with the audience here in a, in a more direct kind of way. And I think we will see more of that in the next few years. It's, again, that engagement piece is 
really, I feel like where we're going to go next. Um, and I have no idea, you know, I can't really say that we have a three year or a five year plan. We're just kind of, we're just building on the foundation that we, that we have, that we've laid out so far. And it's exciting in some ways to not necessarily know what exactly is going to come next because you, you get through the experience of putting the festival on and seeing how audiences have responded to the films and how filmmakers have responded to being here. Um, and you just think, okay, well, yeah, let's, let's see what we can do. What's the next step? Where, where can we push this and expand it? Like, like I said, you don't, you don't really know, but that's part of the, part of the fun of it. You, you're, you're, you know, you're going to figure it out. <laughs> you know, we have the, the film freeway series and with me doing some more stuff now and then other people, being able to do a little bit of like edu- you know, film education and stuff for, you know, maybe students and stuff because I mean, like it was with Will and Grace and other shows around identity. I mean, what show was it with the Jefferson the Jeffersons and stuff? There's a way that movies and television and stuff can can tell stories about, you know, to tell stories to people that aren't familiar as much with people. And people with disabilities are still sometimes people that that are not as society doesn't feel as comfortable around or stuff so good storytelling can open up conversations and stuff especially for younger people but even for everybody so you know the potential to be able to do some stuff and there's already some stuff you know not necessarily outside of just the the main festival itself gives us some chance of connecting as well depending on again there's no necessarily plan but there's a lot of potential and again yeah i i totally agree that again it's these stories that we're going to find and and hopefully again like the the point is still it goes back to making sure that again we're we're finding authentic stories and authentic storytellers and again as we do that then yes jason's right we're we're going to be looking to use the opportunity to engage and work with students, work with student filmmakers, work with people not just during the festival, but throughout the year. Um, And again, yeah, that's another piece that we are expanding what we're doing outside of the the festival window, which is, again, just another exciting opportunity for us to kind of stretch ourselves a little bit and find ways to to do that programming and let people know that, that we have a presence in this community outside of the you know the four-day festival so now that we've kind of gone over what generally the festival is about tell me what are some of the highlights from this year i'm dying to know like you know what are some of the films and what can you tell us uh about what's coming up well it's a it's interesting to to talk about the films kind of before people really get the chance to see them or to see the trailers because at this stage we have, I mentioned, for instance, Framing Agnes, which is one of the titles that we got on the curated side uh, that I'm really excited about. Um, We have that, but we also have an incredible selection of films, like I said, that we got on the submitted side that aren't necessarily going to be from known entities, if you will. It'll be, you know, filmmakers either locally or internationally who just wanted to to share their experiences. We have a a local filmmaker. Well, she was born here. She's living in California now. She went out to to California for film school. Uh, Julianne Fox. Uh, her film Never Better is is going to be the closing night film. 
Um, and it looks at her experience as uh, a young woman with cystic fibrosis who was, you know, kind of dealing with that during COVID. And it's, she's turned it in, she's kind of fictionalized it a bit, but she's able to capture, you know, the experience of being a young woman in California, living with roommates who may not have been as safe and considerate about, you know, the idea of, of what that environment and that space that they were living in, how they were sharing it. Um, but she found a really great way to tell that story. There's a lot of heart, a lot of really kind of fun, quirky humor to it, but it feels real. And I'm excited that we have the opportunity to bring that in and to bring her back to share her story. So yeah, Never Better is one of those titles that, again, means a lot. Our opening night film, Poppy, is I see a film from New Zealand that looks at a young woman with Down syndrome who has this really great and strong passion to become a mechanic. And her brother, who is extremely overprotective and runs a, a, a garage, has been sort of teaching her a little bit along the way, but she's like, well, wait a minute, I want to make sure that I have the opportunity to, to find my own way and find my own path, not just with work, but with romantic relationship. It's a complete coming of age story. And again, it's another one of those films that we're really excited to have because again, that's a, that's a dynamic that we don't normally get to see. You know, a young woman with Down syndrome who is going through that coming-of-age experience. We've seen tons of coming-of-age coming stories, but we haven't seen Poppy's story. And well, one again, of the things... Oh, sorry, TT. Oh, no. Go ahead. I mean, I, so I that's the one I did see the trailer for. And one of the things I think is cool is we tend... I mean, I could be wrong, so you could tell me that I'm wrong, and then we could edit this out. But a lot of times we code that characters with disabilities have to date other characters with disabilities, especially for people with Down syndrome. It has to be somebody else with Down syndrome. And it seems like the, the love interest for Poppy isn't necessarily somebody else with Down syndrome or necessarily uh, another disability, which I think pushes the edge a little bit of what we think culturally, too. And that is definitely the case. So, yeah, you're, you're spot on with that. And again, that's, that's one of those things that I feel like in terms of the intersectionality, that we see across all of the pillars that, you know, again, that was an argument that, you know, I, I see and used to experience as, as a black man who was a big film fan in the, the 80s and 90s. You know, there were, there were all of these stories that were being told, but if you had a black protagonist and it was a romantic story, the idea was always that the story couldn't work or it wouldn't sell if the love interest wasn't also black. So we've, it took us a long time to move from that kind of mindset to where we are today. And I'm not even sure, even based on race, that we are still in, in, a, in a really perfect place. But we have come to recognize that, yeah, we need to, to look at and, and imagine a world where, again, romantic stories don't have to involve people of the same race. They don't have to involve people of the same religion. And as Jason pointed out with the case in Poppy, like, those stories don't have to deal with people that have have the same or similar abilities as well. We we need to think outside of that box. And again, that's one of the things, like I said, that's where the intersectionality comes into play because we're, unfortunately, we've been learning these lessons kind of group by group, but I think we are hopefully going to get to the stage where 
we really just kind of explode all of that and kind of just completely blow it up and just say, well, yeah, let's just tell these stories and have people interact and engage with each other across all of these differences. And yeah, I mean, even, oh, sorry, TT, again, yeah. I keep, yeah. no, I mean, even to go for the next step, I mean, again, it's still, you know, in people with disabilities that they are talked about in relationships, it's still heteronormative. So the next step would even be able to have that Poppy is interested or somebody, a character in general, because, I mean, it's a character in place and time that would be, uh, she would be a lesbian or it could be a polyamorous or maybe the first right. Is more in an intimate than a sexual, you know, I mean, just sort of that building of spectrum that we don't have to just check off one diversity box in a film and be like, this is it. Right. So less about checking off boxes and more about having like everybody be in the in group instead of an out group in group situation. And so it's a full community, right? Well, I think people want to see themselves reflected in stories. And if we're only, when people are more than one identity, whether, and, and, and people have a lot of identities and, and just to have it be like one sort of situation or one group, you know, it doesn't reflect the, you know, that storytelling is based on the realities that we see in and taking that in some ways. And, and so if you only have this sort of artificial mean thing, then I think it's a lot of, I mean, we've seen that with other groups, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, when, it feels sort of flat or two-dimensional right i totally i i want to chime in on that jason because yeah i i've again i feel like i spent a lot of time thinking about that as as a black man and how i have struggled with seeing myself or the idea that maybe i haven't always seen myself on screen and again we should never be limited to one box one identity one group that we have to check off because that's that's not who any of us are. We aren't just one thing. So we need stories that reflect that fuller spectrum of life and that fuller spectrum of, you know, personal identity. And the closer that we get to that, the more that we see these stories and the more that you have festivals that are out there presenting these stories, that's the, that's the real work that needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end, I mean, you, I mean me and you talked about this, TG, and you asked me some of my favorite disability representation in film and we we talked about it in your perspective too and it seems like you just want a really good story that you relate to on a level on so many different levels and that can be around your identity that could be and i want to watch it because i want to watch a comedy and it speaks to me i mean uh-huh. there's different ways that we interact with these things but the story is the amazing part to people sorry i don't mean All to right. dictate again <laughs> perfect you're listening to Out Cincinnati Radio for the LGBTQ plus community and beyond. I'm Melissa, today's guest from the Over the Rhine Film Festival, artistic director T.T. Stern Enzi and Jason Harris from LAD. I was so um, uh, involved in what you all were saying, I forgot what I was supposed to say. <laughs> so... Um, so uh, just to wrap up, um, tell me, um, we already kind of talked about what might be, um, you know, down the road, but what's your, what do you want people to take away today about what is this year's festival about and what can they expect? I would probably go back to the, the initial point I made just about sort of the themes for this year. Again, the idea that everybody has a story. And again, 
dividing that up with see the story, be the story, because especially with see the story, be the story, when we chose that for this year's festival, that was the idea of saying, okay, there are two parts to that. To be able to come and to see the films and to engage with them on one level, that's, that's the first part. But the second part is once you've seen that story, hopefully you'll have, the, have had the opportunity to have come and seen multiple films during the festival. And you will see that you've had multiple opportunities to find versions of yourself, reflections of your experiences that you can then take out into the world, into conversations with other people. You can take them back home and, and engage and wrap around all of that with your family and your friends and your coworkers. I want people to embrace the idea that, again, when you come to a film festival and you watch these films, you know, you never, you're never coming to a festival just to see one film. That the idea is over the course of three or four days, you're going to see multiple films. You're going to be challenged by those films. You're going to talk to filmmakers. You're going to talk to audience members that were there with you. And you will then, that's, that's sort of the call to action. You'll, you'll, you'll take, like I said, you'll take that back out into the world and say, hey, okay, how, how can I be the best, most authentic version of myself after that experience? What can I take away from it that makes me a better person in the world? That's what I hope people get out of this year's festival. Yeah, to sort of echo that, I mean, I think that, you know, being open to the experience and that, you know, the great thing about this film festival is, I mean, people watch films in home and stuff, and but this is an experience in so many ways. You're seeing people throughout the community, people from Ladder there, people from other organizations, other places within the city are there, people come to cold to to be together to hang out i mean the films are there and, and the films are great and you experience it with it but you also get to be around each other there's different sort of avenues too to be able to compress this with other people and i think in, in this you know especially post pandemic and stuff that ability to be together to learn together to enjoy together is something that is unique from just going to the theater to see a movie this, this is sort of an ex community experience in so many different ways, which is just makes me always enjoy just going to as many films as I can to learn from the films and the filmmakers, but then everybody else around there and sort of an enjoy a uh, sort of festival of life and what it means to be on this planet and with other people. Well, I appreciate both of you being our guest today on Out Cincinnati over the Rhine Film Festival, artistic director T.T. Stern Enzi and Jason Harris from LAD. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. This is Jason Harris 
from Lad, and you're listening to Out Cincinnati. OTRFilmFest.org. That's the website, right? Absolutely. And looking forward to seeing some of those films. Uh, very interesting. And uh, I had a great conversation with uh, both of our guests. So thank you for being on Out Cincinnati. I get into the list and how I do it is I just go like when there's four films on a Saturday afternoon and just disappear. That's what's great about film festivals. Uh, the OTR uh, Film Festival, otrfilmfest.org. And our website is outcincinnati.com. Make sure you leave us a review no matter where you listen, whether it's like Apple Podcasts, Spotify. There's a billion platforms. <laughs> And they're all at outcincinnati.com. The reviews are what uh, drive the podcast along. And thank you for your support. One of my favorites, I'm not even a big beer drinker, but one day I was going down the rabbit hole of beer and I found, I typed in queer beer on the, on, uh, on the Google and I discovered there's an entire queer beer festival happening. Queer uh, beer. It, yeah, in June, it's happening in Washington, D.C. And so I got with the director of all that stuff, all that cool stuff. We're going to talk with Grace Whites about the Queer Beer Festival. Uh, she is the uh, editor over there at uh, Hop Culture Magazine. And they're doing that big in Washington uh, with uh, intentional breweries that have got queer folks making the beer. And we'll talk to her next week on Out Cincinnati. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.